Welcome back to the With Joe Eby podcast. Today's, for today's episode, episode 101, I'm actually going to largely read from a, a blog post. Today's one is, is pretty decent for our purposes. And we'll riff off that. Okay? So apologies for anyone watching on if it's not that fun watching me look down, but I'm the boss. Imagine you're part of the ocean. You're part of one gigantic force, but you cannot see the extent of yourself, how far or wide you stretch. You can only see your section of the ocean, and so in your eyes that is all that exists, and it is also all of you. But as you move, you begin to head towards land. And as you see yourself change position in relation to the land, you begin to notice that you are not everything you see. You suspect that you are the ocean and that everything else is separate from you. Then you become a river. You head inland and separate from the big body of water you've always known. Now your understanding of yourself has changed dramatically. You no longer look at yourself as this massive span of water. You are a smaller body of water flowing in one direction. But then the river is broken down into streams and your understanding of the world is shattered now more than ever. You have been separated once from all the things you see into the ocean and from the ocean to the river and now a third time from the river to the stream. You appreciate now that you are a small, independent part. You appreciate now that you might not even be the whole stream. But what you do not question yet is your direction. You still believe you must head in the direction that everything else in the stream flows in. The stream heads through dark ravines and caves. After it goes many places you do not enjoy or wish to go, you slowly become less dependent on the direction of the stream you decide that you do not like where it is going, and you so you start to head in a different direction. And now you realize just how small you really are. You're a drop of water, then a droplet, then a single particle. As you look down at the stream, you see all your family and friends who continue in the same direction, never realizing they too are a particle. They go on thinking that they have understood the truth about their existence. As a single particle, you can move in whichever direction you want. And once you realize this and separate yourself from the stream, you become so light that you evaporate, turning into vapor. Detached from all around you, you rise up to the sky. You look at things from above, and then when you gather together again, you are dropped back down into the ocean as rain. And then from the from the blog post, I next go and talk through two ideas uh, the the idea of a boy at school so the 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 what I've written here about this this boy goes to a school with a thousand students and thinks of them as a thousand spectators and he's very vigilant to their opinions on everything he does and when he's dating a girl or when he's wearing you know old clothes He's very sensitive to all their glances and all their opinions about him. And he's very susceptible to their opinion and their impression. He's very vulnerable to their gaze. From there, I went into talking about a, a, um, a film, a really cool film called Shutter Island. Oh, wow, look, I wrote here 2020 film. It's not a 2020 film. I think it's 2010. Leonardo DiCaprio. He pops up in a lot of movies to talk about on this podcast. Anyway. He plays um, a character called Te Teddy Daniels. 
yeah, Katie Daniels, and he's a U.S. Marshal sent to investigate the breakout of a prison a prisoner on Shutter Island, this mental asylum for the incredibly seriously criminally deranged. And obviously, she's very the the lady who breaks out is a big threat, so they've sent in the marshals, and then they're going through, I guess, trying to fix everything. What happens though? Uh, plot, um, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. It turns out in the end that um, DiCaprio's character is not actually real, uh, really a, a marshal, but he's actually, he's actually the patient. He's the one that escaped, and he's just crea- constructed this elaborate delusion. And even the way the film is very well done, Martin Scorsese, one of my favorite directors, the way the film's done, it's hard to actually tell whether he really is deranged or if the whole prison's telling him a story. But it's this elab- it's this need to construct an elaborate narrative around our life and being impressionable to the gaze of others. Uh, there's a something I love about the the author Robert Greene when he writes about our need for importance which I talked I talked about in the last episode. Um, he writes that all humans are biased in our self opinion. We want to believe three things, and I find this super super important to remember. We want to believe that we are autonomous and act of our own free will, that we are intelligent in our own way, and that we are good and decent people. So you can see how delusion can often be part of. You know, we know people on a small scale who are deluded. And then in a film like Shutter Island, you can see how delusion can be an aggregate of that need, just on a very extreme level, probably more than the people immediately around us. So the point of all this, what's the point? What are you getting at, Joe? The imaginary audience. To read again from the blog post. The imaginary audience is a finding from studies run by David Elkind and colleagues in the 1960s, which referred to adolescents who held the idea that others were heavily focused on them carefully observing and scrutinizing their every move. They believe that family, friends, peers, and strangers are constantly paying close attention to them. Of course, this is rarely the case. Few people care as much about you and what you think as you think. The consequences of the imaginary audience are often negative, becoming overly self-conscious and tending towards conformity. It explains a lot of teenage delinquency. At the start of this piece, we discussed the water particle analogy to paint a popular psychological theory of how we gain consciousness over our lives, gradually detaching our identity from things around us. But this experience can give us a sense of nakedness and exposure, as if being forced from the comfortable home we were used to, left cold and hungry, desperate to fit in and belong to the group. Hence why we become overly sensitive to the eyes of others. In other words, the whole anecdote about the water I created at the start is about how it, it is mirrors a lot of the popular theories and observations around how we develop to look at and understand ourselves because we don't remember being three years old. But the popular theory is it's actually hard for an infant to tell that it's a separate being from all the things around it and, it, and its mother and its family. And slowly it realizes, oh, I'm separate from these things. These things are tables and chairs around me. Oh, and I'm actually separate from this, this woman figure. And because that, that uh, deta- the, the detachment, oh, I say that, the removal of that, you know, the separation that then happens, kind of like the water particles splitting into realizing, oh, now I'm a river, uh, creates, creates a bit of a tension too. 
bit of a, a, a nakedness and longing for the f for the bigger part we were once part of. So this is a dynamic that I tried to I guess distill a bit more with the with the whole water thing, and this will tap into uh, a lot of the Keegan stuff, which we're going to get into in a couple of episodes. How many? You're just gonna have to stay tuned. I don't I can't remember which one it is coming up. It's coming up soon. It's in the next ten, and about yeah, socialized mind, self-authored mind, and the and the stages of adult development, and how that bit at the end, the particle rises up and looks down at all the other particles, and they think they're the finest version of themselves, the most unique version of themselves that they can become, but they don't realize that they're still even smaller, they're not just streams, they're still actually smaller and smaller pieces of water, and they have much more, there's much, there's much more in the way of different directions they could be heading. So it's really fascinating. Um, and then the, but the very scientific part of it for this blog post was the imaginary audience. You just think about how powerful that is and how much you might remember that applied to you uh, or, or does apply to you depending on your age and the whole dynamic. And it's, this comes back to a lot of Astro the dog stuff. It's like, it's funny that people are shy. It's funny that we're shy to do certain things when you think about it because we're very sensitive and vulnerable to how others think about us what they think about us super super fascinating a lot of ramifications right yeah so that's the uh, imaginary audience and i guess the reflection question for today is um to think about what does your imaginary audience say what are you worried about when you think about what people think of you and i'll tell you for me i've had Plenty of them. Yeah, I just I, I reflected on a few before I um, hit record. Um, just to list a few. You know, you're not an engaging person. You're not attractive. People don't want your work. People don't want to hear what you're saying. People think you're bad. These are all things over the years. Oh man, there's so much more. We could be here for a very long time talking about there's so many things i've heard my imaginary audience say so many things but the truth is no one really cares that much no one really cares that much but the imaginary audience is that's what i was trying to tap into with the whole shutter island stuff it's a function of this need this tendency we have to look to confirm our our self-image to feel important to feel autonomous to feel intelligent to feel like a good and decent person so it's it's just turning up the sensitivity meter to other people's opinions way too high so very important thing to be conscious of and then with the water you know that that beautiful kind of water analogy what are you are you a, are you the ocean are you the river are you the stream or are you the particle are you actually going in your own direction? You've got a lot to think about. So do I. There's always plenty to think about. But let's let's give you a break. Let's pause it there for today. Anyway, thanks again for joining us on the podcast. Remember, as always, that the best way to open a thousand doors for you is to concentrate on opening doors for others. And then any other information, if you want any email notifications to the podcast or the blog, 
um, just head to the website www.withjoeweeby.com. But yeah, just I can't even remember if I said it. Best way to open a thousand doors twice is not going to hurt. Remember, the best way to open a thousand doors for you is to concentrate on opening doors for others. I'm pretty sure I just said that twice. So you got to open double the doors today, everyone. Have a good day. I'll see you again tomorrow.